Welcome back to Who Are You, a CSI podcast. I am Lauren, and I have seen CSI through and through around three to four times. And I'm Nick, and this is my first time experiencing all these episodes. And today we are reviewing season one, episode 13, Boom. Director is Kenneth Fink. Writers are Anthony E. Zyker, Josh Berman, and Anne Donahue. I don't know why I can't say her name, Anne Donahue. And original air date is February 8th, 2001, which I wanted to say 2011. And I was like, that's not what it is. No. It's 2001. So we start off the episode with scenes of the Vegas trip, and then we shift over to an office building. We see a guard helping a woman who has walked into the office building. He also accepts flowers. We learn that this guard's name is Dominic. He ends up talking to another guard, and then Dominic leaves to go grab lunch. It's his responsibility to grab Mm -hmm. lunch this day. So he heads out. Once he leaves, we hear clock ticking. And we learn fairly quickly that it is from a briefcase, and that is followed by an explosion. So I had a, a note in my in my notes. I didn't know if there was like intentional FedEx product placement because he oh, mentions okay. like oh the FedEx thing. But then when you see the boxes, I noticed in the second watch through, they don't say FedEx. They have say, some knockoff think... brand. Okay, I was gonna say I didn't think they did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I so I don't think it is. I think they just had like a they have props that are designed to look like. FedEx boxes and yeah, they had them yeah, yeah. there because the lobby. I was like, FedEx sponsorship? I said, nope, specifically FedEx wouldn't sponsorship. Yeah, exactly. Because it, yeah. everyone says it's like NX on it or something. Yeah. It's designed to look like it says FedEx, but. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, to, to skirt around. Yeah. Also, uh, well, I, you said uh, the bomb. I just want to say in my notes, 10 out of 10 CGI for the time. It was, yeah, it was pretty good. It was, it was uh, pretty solid. It was very iconic of CGI of that time. Yes. Where it's basically a real explosion superimposed on the film. So it doesn't quite have the right contrast. But No, uh, but given, looks given better the time. Than, better than the 80s CGI. For sure, for sure. And it's not like terrible sci-fi movie CGI. Like you can mm-hmm. tell that they spent... They spent some money on on making this happen. We go to Grissom and Catherine at the scene of the explosion. We learn that the only fatality is the other security guard, a one Jake Richards. We also learn that sadly he suffered the quote unquote Van Gogh effect because both of his ears got blown off. Is that a thing? During the exp- well, Van Gogh lost oh, no, one no, of I, his ears. No, but is the Van Gogh effect... Uh, I didn't look that oh, up. Oh, like, that, is that what they call it when... Like, is that a real thing that I happens? I have no idea. Like, they do they... Okay, so you're wondering, A, is that, like, does that actually happen? Like, if you're facing the bomb yeah, and you're yeah. close enough, do you lose both ears? And then, secondly, is it called the Van Gogh effect if that actually is a thing that happens with bomb yeah. explosions. Okay. I, I just Googled Van Gogh effect. And other than a quote from the episode in question, there is nothing else that really seems to come up other okay. than Van Gogh art. So okay. two things in the, in the first scene, they're walking in. Mm-hmm. I, I think this might be real, but there's like dice on the back of the ambulance. And oh, I was weird. like, that's like so crazy Vegas, which also reminds me the Vegas score for this episode. Is, oh yes. I guess maybe they, I can't remember if they, I think they do it after the explosion. It was a three. We had a decent, decent set of scenes back. But then Catherine says some more uh, firefighter shade in this episode. Yeah, yes. <laughs> she, she, she states that they put the wet stuff on the red stuff, <laughs> which, and which, that 
compromises the like compromises their ability yeah, to investigate that, the scene. That's important for a comment I have later as they continue to investigate. Okay. So they also note that it smells like sulfur, which leads them to believe that the explo- the explosive used was gunpowder. We shift on over to credits. We then come back to Grissom with a team sans Nick, which becomes very important very soon. Yep. But it's Grissom at the explosion scene with the entire team, not Nick. They need to, he tells the team that they need to find the pieces. They have to reassemble the bomb as best as they can. I also had to note that Catherine is a Grissom translator. Like nobody else on the team seems to understand what Grissom is talking about, but Catherine knows exactly. I know that this is supposed to be a translator for the audience, obviously, but come on, team. You're you're smart individuals. You know what Grissom is talking about. Does Sarah say that at some point in this episode? Or maybe another episode she said, Grissom says something at some point and and she goes, can you translate that for me? Yes, she does. Sorry. Yes. In this episode, she's like, can you translate that for me? Yes. And I was like, oh yeah, Grissom translator. They really do need that. Yeah. So one thing they did in the scene that really drove me crazy was that they like took some of this unknown explosive and and like lit it in the middle of the crime scene over this dead body to identify it <laughs> but also they were like just complaining about the firefighters putting the wet stuff on the red stuff how is any of this flammable right now <laughs> this was the this is the center of the fire <laughs> this was where the bomb was and i was just like like sure sure and i was like that that's like the whole like sometimes they're really good about gloves and sometimes they're not yeah sometimes like they're, some, they're... sometimes it's just like we want to tell the audience it's gunpowder yeah and yep. not have a whole thing about it right we, we want to get to we want to get to the very quick results but i just like i was like what you can't just light so like i didn't know what it was they hadn't told this yet so i was like i don't know what it is either i was like what are you just lighting something on on fire in the middle of your crime scene aren't you supposed to bring that back to your lab I was like blown away, and I was like, I can't believe they did that. I don't think he meant to do a pun there, but I'm going to point out the pun. Unintentional pun. Unintentional pun. We also get a montage of the team collecting pieces uh, post very flagrant disregard for safety of just lighting gunpowder on fire. We then learn why Nick is not with the team. It is because he is with a friend. He's leaving a casino, so it must be his night off, one would assume. And who does he happen to see but Christy, the uh, high the, the high class uh, sex worker. But she is being accosted by a gentleman. And this, okay, this is only going to make sense to other people that have watched CSI probably more than once. But when this guy, the guy who is accosting Christy shows up, I was like, oh, it's going to be a spot. The guest star, I know this guy from somewhere else. And so I looked on IMDb and I was like, I know, like, I wouldn't know him from any of these others, th- you know, like everything else that he was in. Like, he's been a, a, a character I, actor I had, in, a, in a ton of things. But I was like, no, I, and he d- he's done a lot of voice work. I also looked this guy up because okay. he looked so familiar. OK. And I did figure out who I thought he was. OK, so here's the hilarious part on my side. And then you can tell me who you thought he was. He ends up playing a different character in, like, the 14th season of CSI. He plays a recurring character in, like, the 14th season of CSI. And that's how I know him, is from playing a later character in CSI. Spoiler So I was like, this doesn't count as a... But it's a 
totally different character. Like, this character doesn't come back. He plays an entirely different character. And this guy is like a like a soap opera. He's been in a bunch of soap opera stuff. Okay. But so I'm not counting this as a count that get the get or spot the guest star because I know him from CSI. Yeah. <laughs> Just a different character. On and then CSI. There, was, there was something else he was in, and I was like, oh, do I know him from this, or would I know him from that? And I was like, no, I don't think so. But he looks a lot like somebody else, and now I'm str- I'm struggling to remember who it was. Oh, he was on Boston Legal for like 70 episodes. And I know my dad watched that show, but that isn't the guy I was thinking of. Okay. And let me see if I can do a Google for The guy's name is Mark Valley is the actor's name. Yes. But if I do a lookalike, they'll probably come up with some, is this the guy? Thomas Jane. Yeah, I think that's the guy. Okay. So there's there's another sort of like guy who's, he was in The Punisher which is a Marvel show, but he's yes. also, uh, or a movie. He was in the Punisher movie, but he's also been in a bunch of other movies and stuff. And he looks very similar, similar to that guy, okay. to that guy. And I was like, and, and that's, what I thought it was, I thought it was, cause I was like, Oh, this is, I was like, I don't really remember like where I saw this guy. He just looked so familiar. And all I could think is like Hollywood does this thing sometimes where they're like, try to like get people who look like other actors. Yes. And, and so, or just have like a certain look. Yeah. And so I was, I was kind of wondering, oh, I wonder if that's one of the reasons. But yeah, neither of those guys I know very well, but he does very much, you know, look like somebody else. And, yeah. And so um, we're, we're not going to count this as spot the guest star because yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't think playing a different character on CSI counts as as me knowing him from something you, else. You might know him from such hit shows as, as CSI. CSI. <laughs> I had I, to laugh when I, I when I find because I, I was I was racking my brain. I'm like, how do I know him? And then I finally looked through his IMDb again, uh, and under CSI, I saw that he had two different character names, and I was like, that's how I know him. Uh, is I know him from a later character that he plays. So Nick kind of breaks up this aggression from the gentleman to Christy. Nick offers her a ride home. As they're sitting in her driveway, she's telling Nick that she's going back to school. She, you know, there's she a, wants out of the business. That's a really great line here. So when they first panned the scene, this is really more like a, like a, I thought it was a really great line. She starts saying a line where she says, every time we run into each other. And the last episode she was in, they had a whole thing where she's like, how come every time we run into each other, you want me to take my top off? Yes. Or, uh, yeah, you want me to take my clothes <laughs> and off? I was like, like and I was like, are they going to be naked in the car in her driveway or something? <laughs> it, I mean, they get naked pretty soon after. But then she says, in trouble. Every time we yes. see each other, I, or, you know, I'm, you're in, I'm in trouble or something. And I thought, like, they literally took the same line. I, I want to say it's on purpose, but I... I'm not sure I can give them credit for that. Mm. But because that episode was only like two episodes ago, yeah. right? In terms mm-hmm. of watching it, I yeah. remembered that line. Yeah. Because I thought it was funny in the in the, in the the first episode uh, yeah. or silly. And then I was like, wait. And I was like, and then she says the other thing. And I went, oh, for a second, I thought she was going to be topless again. Yeah. And I was like, I couldn't, couldn't believe they would go there. Although we do have some topless action in this episode. We do. Christy also tells Nick that he doesn't need to analyze everything when she invites him in and he's kind of like hemming and hawing and she mm. is telling him he did, you know, he doesn't need to analyze everything. We then go back to the bomb scene. There's more collection going on. Catherine finds a piece of the bomb with the letters FP engraved into them. 
This is also when Grissom meets Dominic, the uh, the security guard for the first time. We learn that Dominic would love to be on the news. That would be a really big deal for Dominic. He'd really like to be on the news. We also learn that he knows a lot about bombs. And so Grissom asks him to help in the investigation. And so mean, I know, because then he goes in and he's like, oh, we have a live one out there. And, you know, has an officer out there basically babysitting him. And then we go to, it's obviously like the daytime. Nick is driving. He's calling someone who we're very quickly led to believe is Christy saying, you know, that he has the morning off. Like, let's go get breakfast. And as he's rolling up to her house, there is a very heavy police presence outside and he soon learns that a murder occurred at the house and the victim is in fact christy hopkins we then go to dominic with warwick and jim brass dominic is like standing at like a not a whiteboard but similar to a white a clear board but using it as a whiteboard and is explaining the process of bombs to Warwick and jim brass He's telling them that he's learned bombs through trial and error. A lawyer comes in, shuts it down. Fairly is like, stop talking. We're all done here. And yeah. Warwick says to listen to her. Like, I, I would take her advice. Yeah, he's, he, he knows he, they shouldn't really be doing what they're doing, right? Yeah. And I, she references some, you know, older, I don't know if it's real or fictional, case where maybe uh, somebody got off because they... Yeah, you know, didn't give him representation. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this guy has no idea he's a suspect. Yeah. So we then go to Catherine and Sarah looking over pieces of the bomb. I think Catherine explains. I think this is a Catherine explanation scene about the vacuum effect, where it's like there's a calm in the center of of where the bomb detonates. And then Grissom walks in. He has found something of interest. He believes that he has isolated the timing device, but there's also an orange material stuck to the timing device. They don't know what the orange material is at this point. Yes. And then Nick comes in. Big deal made that it's his day off. Why is he in the office? But he tells Grissom that he needs to talk to him and it cannot wait. And so... Which is kind of funny because earlier when he's talking to his friend who we never actually see or hear from again. Never again. In this episode. Yeah. Uh, or get a name of. Just friend. He was like, oh, I got to go file my shift report because they didn't yep. do it. So it's almost like probably would it be that weird if he showed up on his day off right, to file, file missing shift, yeah. shift report. Yeah. 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 And this is, Nick and I talked about this a little bit before we started recording. So I'll be curious to get your, your thoughts on this one, Nick. This scene is the one that I felt like was filmed a long time ago and then like jerry-rigged into this episode. Oh. The lighting was strange. So this is when Nick and Grissom are in Grissom's office and Nick is talking mm. about the Christie homicide and how they're going to find his fingerprints and his DNA on the scene. Grissom is very disappointed in him. Grissom has a great line here, and we have said this several times on our podcast, so I feel slightly vindicated. He tells Nick, like, hey, you're going to be a suspect, and you're innocent, so keep your mouth shut. Yep. Like, don't try to, like, help. Don't try. Don't say anything. Like, you're a suspect, but you're innocent, so keep your mouth shut, which is what we have told you. Like, do get legal representation. Do not start. If you're in the legal trouble, just zip it. Get a lawyer. Get a lawyer. Zip it and get a lawyer. 
And but then Grissom also tells him, which I don't think is great advice, to ID Jack, the guy that was accosting Christy the night before, but don't approach him. And then we learn after Nick Lee's that if he is even arrested, so even if he's not found guilty yeah. or not charged, even if he's just arrested, that will result in an automatic dismissal from his position. So he can't be arrested or he will lose his job. So then we go to, I use abbreviations so I don't have to write the full character names. So this is either Catherine or Grissom because C and G look very similar when you're quickly scribbling down notes. Oh, it's Catherine. Because now I know exactly what scene this is. Okay. Catherine walks in on the autopsy of Christy. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Doc Robbins is doing the autopsy of Christy. Catherine walks in and we learn that Christy was strangled, but she she put up a, a big fight. So she, they labeled it as struggled and strangled. And Catherine, you know, lets it be known that she's there for Nick. Like she's, she's there to, to, to try to help him out. And she believes in him. We then do it to Grissom trying to connect the pieces of the bomb. Sarah walks in, hasn't found, Grissom hasn't found what clock has been used yet. Like what type of clock yep. is, was the timing device. And then Warwick is sent off to eliminate or determine which tool was used to make the to, to etch the initials yeah. onto the piece of bomb there's that they a, found. So that's Warwick's a, job is to like figure out like what tool made these etch marks on the piece of the bomb. There's a great line here where Grissom goes, "Alas, poor Warwick," which is yes. a Hamlet reference to yes. "Alas, poor York." Yeah. And I and I thought at this moment because they're going, they're gonna like. Sarah and Grissom go off and blow up bombs, they say, right? And Warwick yes. gets stuck with the pedantic job of yeah. identifying this FP. I thought, I wrote down a prediction. I said, I don't know what any of this means, but whatever Warwick finds, he's not going to find it to the end of the episode. And it's going to be the important thing that solves the case. That isn't 100% true. But it does sort of like give the big give a big break at the end. Yes, it does. And uh, they're kind of setting up for that. You know, it's yeah. that it's that it's that, you know, like the little hard, tedious jobs are all really important and they can yep. make a big difference. Yep. We go to Catherine talking to Eckley because it's his team. It's his shift that's investigating uh, Christie's homicide. And Eckley has a really gross line about Nick's involvement with a quote unquote dead hooker. Have have some. And I think Catherine calls him out on this. Like Catherine's yeah. like, wow, like pretty rude of you and which i thought was fairly progressive for the time you know 2001 to to basically say like hey respect sex workers you dick and nick ends up walking into this conversation he gives the tape from the valet that shows the altercation between christy and jack and then also provides a license plate for jack which i feel like this is stuff that she he should have handed to Catherine and oh, yeah. then let Catherine give to eckley without knowing that nick was really involved in it yeah this I, is I, this is too much nick's hand in his own investigation for me i feel here. like i feel like they wanted you to think that nick was really like jazzed about it you know like yeah. passionate about yeah. that yeah but yeah i mean for sure he should have given it to Catherine. you know and Catherine yes. would just have like been like, well, I got this license plate because, you know, a witness saw, you know, you could sort of ar- arbitrarily say, like, a witness reported Christy fighting with a man outside of the thing the other way. And this is the license plate from the security camera. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Instead, because Nick went and got it himself, 
it almost like taints the evidence. Like, uh, that's what I, that's, I agree. That's exactly how I feel about it. We then go to Grissom and Sarah blowing up the bombs. Find the bomber by understanding the bomb. Fortunately, Catherine figured out the exterior container. Aluminum briefcase. And we know the timing device. As well. And the propellant. Black gunpowder. So the final piece of the bomber's signature? Identify the pipe containing the powder. They're trying to ID the pipe that contained the powder, so they're using different colors for different pipe materials. This gave me huge Mythbusters vibes. I had to make a note that this this gave me Mythbusters vibes. I wonder, I, it's around the same time. I wonder if there I think was it a is little around bit the same time. inspiration. But I will say this is by far the most annoying scene in the whole episode. I hate okay. this scene. Okay. Only because they do all these weird things. Like, they're literally, first off, like, all right, I have a list. Okay, let's go. Let's go through it. So, like, they blow them up, like, yes. back to back. Yes. Which, you know, I it's one thing to cut it that way, and you could just say, okay, they probably didn't do it that way. But they measured them all at the same time? Yes. But if you blew the... Wouldn't the blowing up of the second bomb move yeah, push, the particles from yeah, the first bomb? Yeah, push the pieces. Yeah. And all the, they're like, up first is like gr- is green, and then or whatever, and then they blow it up, and you could see particles from one of the other bombs blowing around. And so both, like... It's just like, I all I could think is like they had the scene where they shot the actors and then they told the special guests, like the special effects people to go out in the, you know, into the desert and blow up and take a bunch of like B, yeah, yeah. B roll. Yeah. And so they weren't, they had no idea they're, you know, how to make it. But like also the material they show blowing up, it's like three different materials. It is definitely like a like glittery at one point and then mm-hmm. it's like fabric on the ground and then they pick it up and it's metal yes. and so there's this complete and, and but now you made me think like well what if there were reshoots and then one of the reasons is like the people who were doing this weren't there for the actor shots and the you know, special effects were done later yeah yeah and, yeah. and, and uh, we don't even have those things anymore but my favorite thing the only f- like thing I liked and I think I hated it at first but now it's just so campy I love it is that their earmuffs match the colors of the three briefcases oh I didn't even notice that <laughs> it was oh, one great. red one blue and one green <laughs> which is not at all what it would be like they clearly no. do that on purpose and at first I thought it was dumb but then I just thought some of the prop department was having just having a good day at work and thought it was funny so and spray painted them. So despite the shoddy testing slash blowing up techniques, they learn that the material used in the bombing was galvanized steel, most likely from a muffler. Jim Brass then arrives and is letting them know that they need to check Dominic's house because he had bought several of the clocks that had been identified as being the timer in the bomb. I love so, that he just shows up there. Yeah, he just shows up. He just knows where they are at all time. I and mean, it's easy to find them. There's large explosions going on. Yeah, yeah, just follow the booms. And so Grissom and Jim Brass go to Dominic's house. He's happy to show off the, the clock that he bought that matches the timing. They also learn, though, that he took evidence from the bombing, which is a big no-no. So <laughs> they arrest gotta, him. Because, I mean, you could arrest him for that alone. Yeah, because <laughs> Probably. I think tampering with evidence is a, is a pretty big one. And he is very adamant that he wants the cuffs covered because there's news. News people arrive outside mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to be seen. You know, he wants to be on the news, but he definitely does not want to be on the news. Walked out in handcuffs. So they do put like a jacket over his cuffs. And then Grissom wonders, is he brilliant, brilliant or nuts? And Jim Brass says... 
that sounds familiar. Yeah. AKA like Grissom, you should be seeing yourself in this guy and have you not seen yourself in this guy yet? Which this we, is, we uh, get there. We, we get there. Yeah. They kind of hit on that more later. There's a good, uh, a good uh, check mark for maybe this was filmed twice. Cause there's a whole thing where like, they're like, Oh, he bought seven of these clocks. And then, yeah, and then like, he shows one. He <laughs> shows one. Oh, the timer is still here. And yeah, they're like, about, oh, all right. Where are the others? He's, <laughs> he does say, like, I blew up a few a few months ago or something. Yeah, yeah. But, like, you wouldn't, you would keep looking for the other ones. Yes. Right, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And you would also be checking for the words FP on every. On everything. Everything on his yeah. table and some yeah. of that. And so, yeah, I think uh, I think that, that adds a little, a little extra credence to it. Oh, I just, it's too late. I, I forgot the greatest, the thing that that sent me on the diatribe about the bomb explosion oh, was right. was that they were like, we're going to do a scale down five to one test. Okay. But that, this is, this is the Nick's, uh, this is science with Nick for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that could be a segment as well. In science, like, especially when we talk about like, you'll hear this thing a lot called like the cube square law, which is that. When you're in like a three-dimensional space, when you scale up like in three dimensions, it's not a linear. So if you used like one fifth of the explosion material, you wouldn't then multiply it by five to see how far it should have gone in a full scale test. You'd have to multiply it by some other number. You'd have to use like cube roots and all sorts of stuff. But this becomes a problem in uh, this comes up in like biology animals a lot. As animals get bigger, they don't need like an animal that's twice as big it's not like twice as much it becomes like nine times as much and so that's a it's it like controls like the size of a lot of animal it's used in biology a lot to sort of understand why an animal might choose to be a certain size or 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 better to be a certain size that's like an elephant like when you get bigger you can stay warmer with less calories it's not one to one it's yeah you yeah. get like economy of scale basically yeah so yeah i wrote that that was uh that was in my original notes the diatribe was on the right and I, and I just saw it and i was like oh yeah the science that's usually what sets me off when the science is bad when the science that's that's, <laughs> that's your trigger the, yeah science. yeah because we have enough uh science misinformation out there that is true that we is very need, true we don't need 21 year old tv shows adding you know, to it who, adding to it yeah no but i agree we have a quick scene of sarah running some experiments on the orange material found melted to the timer we then go to nick with the coroner and we learn that there is no one to claim christy so christy's body hasn't been claimed there's nobody to claim her and nick decides or says that he's going to pay the bill even like and you know that she deserves a proper burial he doesn't care if that makes him look guilty or throws any doubt yeah. in his way he's you know he wants to make sure she gets a proper burial so we really then, liked her i think that's what we're supposed to think about yeah like he genuinely liked her and is genuinely you know sad about what happened and yeah. i mean i think i think it's a combination you know obviously sad that she's dead but obviously probably scared that people do think he's guilty when he obviously is not guilty. Yeah. You know. Impugn his reputation. Yeah. Yeah. So we then go to Grissom at the jail with Dominic and Dominic is telling Grissom that, you know, he's one of the good guys. Like he wouldn't, you know, blow up his office building. That's not who he is. So Dominic has a funny line where he's talking to Grissom, where he says that Grissom is basically just like him, except better looking. And I thought that was funny. 
And then Jim Brass comes over and lets them know that there's been another bombing. So looks like our Dominic is probably not the bomber since another bombing just happened. So we cut to Jim Brass, Grissom, and Sarah at the scene of the second bombing. They find a mousetrap trigger with that same orange material. Sarah soon after sees a worker wearing an orange jacket. So she takes said orange jacket because orange material, orange jacket. Yeah. I like that guy's like, it's like anything that can help. She's like, I need your jacket. And he's she's, like, so, oh, she's okay. so bossy at crime scenes. She can't be. She's just like, she's I need direct. your jacket. She's yeah. direct. You're right. Direct. Direct. But yeah, I was like, that guy has no context. And she's like, I need your jacket. He's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay. I guess anything that'll help. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then for whatever reason, Grissom is the one that releases Dominic from jail. Because, you know, CSIs, that's definitely part of their their job they, description they do, they is they to have release of, prisoners from jail. They have many hats, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the CSI guys. Yeah. Sometimes they interrogate people. Sometimes they release people on their own recognizance. Yep. Yep. For sure, there wasn't going to be a judge involved in this one. Right? Yep. We then go to our other storyline. Catherine is with Eckley. We learned that Jack uh, has priors against him. We then see a detective interviewing Jack, and he says that Nick is the one who killed her. And when they kind of push back and say, like, why didn't you intervene or why didn't you call the cops or anything? He says that I'm no hero. Like, I'm not getting involved. Not my not my business. And the sheriff then comes into the room with Catherine Eckley, and he thinks that Jack sounds credible. But Catherine is able to plead for 12 hours for an additional 12 hours to like prove that Nick is is innocent before they arrest him so that he doesn't lose his job and she is granted this request. It's not so, a lot of time. No. No. So Catherine walks up to Greg Sanders and we learn that quote unquote Nick's little soldiers are all heads and no tails which is very quickly explained when we cut to a scene with Catherine and I had Catherine and Nick walking down the hallway, but this must be Catherine and Grissom walking down the hallway. Yeah, it is. Yes. Okay. I was like, that doesn't make sense for it to be Nick. It must be Grissom. So Catherine and Grissom are walking down the hallway and Catherine is explaining that because of the all heads, no tails, the time of ejaculation and murder are four hours apart. Mm-hmm. So doesn't seem to coincide with like the story that was told of you know like a naked nick wrestling christiane killing her which was our topless scene with nick yes we kind of yes. i think we glossed over but we did yeah i don't i didn't jot that down in my my notes so also exactly back, when that happens but also yeah. harkens back to an early episode i think the third episode or something where nick is like shirtless and sarah walks in yeah and she's like ooh, don't get dressed on my account or something yep. yeah yeah So speaking of Sarah, we then have Sarah going to Grissom and letting him know that the orange that was found at both bombings is the same material as the Thriftrite jacket that she got from the second scene. So that is the common uh, denominator there. We then find out that Thriftrite's headquarters are in the Hanson building, which is the scene of the first bombing. And then the second bombing was at like a thrift right location so now they're connecting these two uh bomb scenes together pretty pretty tightly and they identify a disgruntled ex-manager known as norman sterling 
So Jim Brass and Sarah approach Norman and his son. They end up arresting Norman and bringing him downtown. We then see Catherine at Christie's house. She notices like the curtain sash. And then she matches it to the strangulation pattern seen around Christie's neck. Catherine goes back to Greg Sanders is asking if it's possible to get DNA from epithelials pulled from the sash. And Greg Sanders assures her that, like, yep, that can be done. And they know that Jack's DNA is on file because of his previous assault yeah. or abuse case. I can't remember exactly I think he had. One. I think he had a sexual abuse case I, or I sexual, sexual assault, assault case. Yeah. yeah. So they know that they have, a, he, they have his DNA on file because of that. So we then see Catherine walking into the break room where she... Gives Nick a heart attack for no reason because she tells him that he needs to head over to the police station. But it's not because she ran out of time and they're going to arrest Nick. It's because Jack killed her. And Nick, instead of being like, what the hell? Like, why wouldn't you just say that to me? Why would you (laughs) cause me to get really upset? He hugs her instead. Like, he's like, oh, no, don't. Ha ha. Funny joke. This is the perfect time for a funny joke. Ha ha. Is when... The, the girl that I was starting to develop feelings for just yes. died, and I was accused of killing her. Perfect time for jokes. Per- to, perfect time for comedic in, uh, interference. She, she had to flex her inner Grissom, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. just being completely just, socially clueless. Yeah. So I was going to say that wraps up that storyline, but it does not. I'm just kidding. There's further scenes with that storyline, so we'll get back to it. So... We see Warwick looking at the initials. Grissom walks in. We learn that it is made, that Warwick has determined it was made by an electric etcher, which you can't just, like, outright purchase, basically. And I think it was, like, that brand. Like, yes, that was sold model. was sold in bulk to the high school where Norman Starling's son attended. Yep. So now it was, like oh, maybe it's not Norman Sterling. Maybe it is, in fact, his son because of being able to trace down this very specific electric etcher. I did actually think it was the son immediately. Okay. I wrote, like, the kid did it, but, like, it's not really a, a prediction. There was just no one else. Right. Right. And right. it was, like, and it's like the, way they, the way that scene was, like, you knew it wasn't going to be him. It was too early in the episode. Those kind of things are kind of, like, unfair yeah. But I had, like, no idea, like, on anything else. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I still yeah, yeah. still didn't have any idea what FP stood for, although there's yep. really no re- way to have known that. No, there's no way to, to really. I, it, not until, not until yeah. I guess, technically until you know, like, well, no, I guess there really isn't until it's explained. And I, which and is, I, yeah, I couldn't figure out why the jackets were even being used in the bomb. It all kind of makes sense later, but. Yeah, yeah. So we see Jim Brass and Grissom with Norman and his son. And the son misses his old life before his dad was fired from the company. And this is where we learn that FP equals fair play because Norman, the father, would constantly say, like, this isn't fair play. They deserve fair play. And this is also where we learn. And this, you know, you have to remember, especially younger, younger listeners. This aired in 2001. But that he learned how to make the bomb off the Internet was like so like, what? (laughs) You I said this how to make lo- a bomb off the internet? I said this out loud. I was going to write it down, but then they tell you immediately. <laughs> but you know what? I do kind of remember there being this thing because you're, you're, people can go Google this, but there was something called the Anarchist Cookbook. 
Yes. And that was like an early online file that was available that would tell you how to do things like make bombs and yep. and things. And, and that was a big stir of uh, why, like, it was like a panic about why the internet was so dangerous. Right. You right. shouldn't let your kids on the internet. Right. Now, now five-year-olds have iPhones. Yeah. <laughs> and TikToks. Yeah. I say as I uploaded a new TikTok today, so... <laughs> I'm still not on TikTok. So. But I'm also in my 30s, so, you know, I, I can be on yeah. TikTok. Yeah, I'm in my 40s. I'm not allowed to be on any TikToks until, until I'm in, like, my 50s again. That's fair. That's fair. You, you know, got to wait until it comes around. My, my, my dad is the uh, biggest TikTok user that I know. That's hilarious. I love it. And he's 67. It's great. We, uh, th- so they talked to the son about, you know, are there any other bombs? Because obviously two of them have been set off already. We then go to Dominic hearing about the third bomb over his scanner and he basically grabs his jacket and like heads out. And so we see the school being I got, I got real bat, like bat okay. I got real like uh bat signal vibes. Bat signal, yeah. <laughs> Grab my jacket, run right up come to be the hero or yep. Clark Kent running yep. to change in the in the phone booth. Yep. So we see the school being evacuated. We see Dominic in the school. He opens the locker. He activates the bomb. He does not realize that he has activated yeah. the bomb, but by lifting the bomb up from the locker, he has activated the bomb. Off of the mouse trap. That was off a, of the mouse trap. The, the calling cards of this yes. bomb. And so Grissom pulls up. Dominic walks out of the school, holding on to the activated bomb. Wompity womp, it explodes and takes Dominic out with it. Kind of off camera, but... <laughs> yeah, but we're... We, we, yeah, I, th- I think we're supposed to, by Grissom's shocked face, I think we're supposed to realize yeah. that Dominic does not survive this explosion. And we then actually prob- wrap up the Nick story. Probably uh, lost his ears in the explosion. Probably lost his ears. Yeah, they don't they don't loop around back. They we don't get to that level of detail. No, don't close the loop on the Van Gogh effect. Yeah, yeah. So we see the detective leading Jack out, and you know Nick is trying to say, "Oh, you couldn't handle her leaving the business. You know she was going back to school." And this is when Jack tells Nick that. You know, she wasn't going to, to college to get a degree. She was there to recruit more girls into the business. And Jack wasn't one of her Johns. He was her pimp. And she was leaving him yeah. to, like, start her own, you know, being a madam and running her own ring, essentially. I thought it was pretty obvious that he was a pimp. In that I thought scene. so, too. And yeah. then she calls him a John, and I... I think that we always but, all th- but again, always I, thought he was the pimp. I say that, but this is the fourth or fifth time I've seen this episode. So I might just be saying that because I've seen this episode well, enough times some, to like know how it ends. Yeah, but Some of the things he says, even though it's sort of like background audio, when Nick's walking over, it like all, it all kind of fits yeah, it in. Yeah, makes, it all fits in. Yeah. And so that kind of wraps up the, the Christie storyline there. We then see Grissom. He cuts out a story about Dominic being a local hero and pins it, pins it up on the wall. So Dominic, you know, I mean, sadly lost his life, but was able to yeah. and it's be like, the hero. that, And he wanted to be in the news for a good thing. And he was in the news for, you know, saving other people's lives. So, you know... A- it's a wall that has like other like fallen police yes. officers on it. Yes. Although I did freeze and look, try to read the article, and it's the same paragraph over and over and over again. Of course it is. <laughs> which doesn't surprise me. 
but it was kind of funny. Yeah, it's just like it's like local hero saves high school students. Yeah, you know, with a bomb accidentally, you know, whatever. It's, it's like a short blurb, but it's like it repeats like three times, and then it yeah, says like it says story uh, story continues on page so and so. I was like, oh. That's going to be a thrilling read. <laughs> <laughs> I can just go read that paragraph six more times. Awesome. Yeah. All right, Nick. So what did you think about this episode? So in my notes, I wrote that overall, it's probably not the best CI, CSI work mm. that I've seen in large part due to the great bomb recreation scene. I also thought it was interesting that both the initial suspects in this episode were innocent. Yes. So Nick being one and Dominic yep. being the other. Yep. But I actually think this might be my favorite CSI episode so far. Okay. I don't know how much of that is like struggling to remember some of the early ones, but it's definitely my favorite episode in uh in a, in, a, in the last few, like a, in the last you know six at least. Yeah. I really liked it. I thought it was just a good episode. I kind of liked some of the storyline. I mean, I always like. I find that I that I like the character storylines a lot. So you get. You know, character storylines with Nick, and yes, I feel like people were being used in different ways in this episode, which is always, I think, good. Right? It's it doesn't feel samey, or it helps it helps the show that it has a bit of a script feel fresh. So yeah, so far I think it's one of my favorite episodes. Definitely a top three episode. Okay. Uh, although there's only what thirteen episodes, but this is a thirteenth yeah, one. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, definitely one of one of the better ones I think. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I enjoyed this one as well. Uh, I don't know if I would say top three, but I definitely enjoy it. And I think for much the same reason of you, I just feel there's a lot of character development in this episode. We we really see, you know, certain sides of Nick that we haven't really seen yet. We yeah. so we get to see the dynamic between Grissom and Dominic, which I feel shows off a little bit more gives us a little bit of m- more view into who Grissom is as yeah. a person. So I enjoy it. And I do, I want to say that I think probably the first time I watched it, I probably did think that Dominic was guilty for a little while, oh, really? like not too long, but I think maybe for a tiny little while oh. I was like, Ooh, did he do it? And then, you know, so I, I want to say that the first time I watched this, they, they might've had me there for a little bit. It's hard to remember now on the third or fourth watch through, but I, th- I think that's probably how I approached it the first time. Now, when you say this isn't in your top three, do you mean the top three of the first 13? Or do you mean the top three of the hundred? Yeah, the top of three episodes? of the first 13. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not top three of all CSI episodes. <laughs> yes, I, I, yeah, I know. Definitely yeah. not. But uh, maybe it isn't top. Maybe it is. Maybe it's, maybe it's number three. I'd have to, like, really I feel like go was, back and look now. So maybe, maybe it'd be number three. I feel like there my, was, like, in my top three. One or two other episodes where I'd be like, oh, this is a really good episode. Yeah. And so without, like, watching them again, it's hard to compare them. Yeah, yeah, one. yeah. Yeah. And and we're we're recording this a week late, so we also have not seen this episode for like a yes. week, if not over a week. So it's also a little hard to fully remember this episode at the moment. I'll be totally honest. For those of us who, for those of you who follow us on social media, yes, where Lauren, especially on uh, Twitter slash yes. X, where Lauren shared a great. Actually, I can't remember. If, did you share the Elf gif? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Great elf gif. I was making sure I didn't post that, did I? No. No, I elf did. gif. I had quite the cold and I literally sounded like I was holding my nose when I talked. And so, yeah, sorry yeah, so, for that. So, recording was just not feasible last week. Yeah, but I'm it, feeling much better now. Yeah, we're happy for it. So, speaking of social media, you can follow us on Facebook at Who Are You? CSI Podcast. You can find us on Twitter slash X 
Instagram or threads at whoareucsipod. You can also reach out to us at whoareucsipod at gmail.com. If you want to get our attention on social media, use the hashtag whoareucsipod or, you know, add us and we'll, we'll pay attention. You guys were... We're very, very kind when I when I put the post up that Nick wasn't feeling great. So thank you for all of your get well messages. That was very, very sweet of you. We, we really appreciate that. And we will be back next week with our review of season one, episode 14, to have and to hold. And so we'll talk to you then. Take care. All right.